mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Wow! Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined as always by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how are you doing on this fine day? Well, I'm all right. Just before the recording, Chris Broad informed me that I was breathing. He could hear me breathing. So if you hear me breathing at any point during the show, I'd like to apologise for my lungs uh, getting involved in a bit of uh, aerobic, aerobic uh, respiration. Or is it that anaerobic just breathing. It was... <laughs> It was like sinister, sinister breathing, <laughs> scary breathing. I wasn't doing like that. Uh, that uh, that journalist in America, the bloke who used to work in politics, who uh, got a little bit frisky while he was uh, on a Zoom call uh, with himself, and uh, thought he thought he turned his camera off. Decided to do a bit of multitasking oh, uh, pre pre election. Just uh, he's he's out on his ear. He's very upset about it. I, I don't know why, because because you can't do that. <laughs> the dangers of Zoom. The amount of people that must have been mm. done over by leaving the camera rolling when it should have been switched off. Oh, yeah, it's not ideal. Like not Zoom. ideal, is it? <laughs> I uh, well, I, I've just finished the um, third episode of Journey Across Japan: Escape to Mount Fuji. So I'm a little bit tired. I did this. Mm. I'm really stupid, to be honest, Pete. I uh, tend to I edit until like four a.m. and then release the video. Like yeah. most normal people edit during the day for some reason i don't nevertheless the video is doing well have you had a chance to watch our third outing on journey across japan i have indeed i, mean, I, I what i like about your your editing schedule is that you kind of yeah normal people do edit during during the day but obviously when you release a, a, um, a video you kind of want to start like to see the comments rolling in see what people are saying about it and stuff uh, which obviously artificially extends your day uh, even further so that's why you're absolutely knackered right now chris it is, it is, and uh, yeah, I, but it's kind of worth it when you when you like make a video and you post it up and you get lots of people watching it. You get this kind of adrenaline rush. It's hard to explain, mm. but you get this kind of rush of energy and excitement. Um, but it's gone down well. Um, it's the first episode I think on Journey Across Japan this season where we haven't done something unspeakably shit like eat insects, disgusting insects, or roll around in an abandoned love hotel filled with asbestos or wander through a forest filled with statues. We did mm. Wagyu beef. That's always good. Yeah, we went on a to stick. On a stick, no less. Uh, it's really good, that Wagyu. thousand yen for Wagyu mm. on a stick. Uh, we went to the best museum in Japan, I think, the kind of 1950s <laughs> retro museum in Takayama. Um, and... And of course, we we got Doctor Jelly back, the infamous, mm. terrible, dreadful character from two years ago from the original series of Journey Across Japan. We resurrected him, and then finally, we sat in a thousand-year-old log on some sort of hot spring. Um, mm. It was it was a really surreal video, but a nice welcome change 
Any highlights for you, Pete? Anything you enjoyed? Well, I mean, finding out that Natsuki's releasing his own, um, <laughs> not energy jelly, but oh, actual yeah. uh, hand sanitizer. Um, ha- where's he got the alcohol from? Where's he got the, uh, what is it, cornstarch? I don't know what you mix alcohol with to make, uh, to make hand gel. He shouldn't be allowed, surely. I do not want to see that man's chemical, uh, like making his bathtub gin and turning it into some kind of <laughs> hand sanitizer. Absolutely worrying. I mean, Natsuki, every now and then he just releases these weird products. I remember about a year ago he made some mist spray that you just spray over your face and it's supposed to like wake you up. Because he has a beauty salon, right? He makes these sort of products occasionally. And I don't think they ever right. sell that well, unfortunately, um, because he gives it like really weird names. But um, this, I mean, this hand gel was all right. It's incredibly strong. Like it was like pouring liquid, just like pouring vodka on our hands, to be honest. Really quite uh, high... <laughs> alcoholic content and um it was really sticky as well like it was it was like oh. glue tipping glue over our Super hands glue. pva glue <laughs> look yeah look, you need in in a crowded marketplace you need something different and if you're gonna add um envelope glue to your mix <laughs> or a uh, wallpaper paste i think that is a a point of difference uh for a crowded marketplace I, it's a great idea uh, but i, I just i just cannot like there was such a, a ferrari over here uh, when like breweries, gin breweries, vodka breweries, and, and, and even just like microbreweries uh, started brewing up their own alcohol gel, uh, looking to mm. make a, not a quick book, but they were, you know, they, they sort of, well, look, our, our, our gin distillery is obviously closed down due to lockdown. And so we are going to um, flip format to making hand gel and the and, and they couldn't sell it because um it's illegal to sell it over here unless you have a license to produce this kind of thing um over in japan it sounds a little bit more lax that natsuki could just decide to make a lot of alcohol well, gel at any point i don't think he's literally just filled up his bathtub filled with alcoholic gel well, he has got it made by a proper company which turns out all right uh, the company were in Giphy Prefecture, the very place we were in the video that ah. episode. So it's a nice twist of fate there. Lovely um, museum that was with all of like the, the classrooms and the little car that you guys were in, little delivery truck. Fantastic. Yeah, because um, they look after things really well, secondhand stuff in Japan, right? The, the 1950s museum is so well maintained. Like there was such a, I don't know what that little vehicle was that we were in, but uh, like the classroom mm. was so well preserved. There was lots of little memorabilia, books, magazines, toys from the like 1950s, 1960s. Um, mm. I love it. I think it's my favorite museum in Japan. It's a close first or second between that and the uh, the Mirai Khan Future Museum in Odaiba, Tokyo, the one with Asimo. The robot, you know, oh, yes, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to take you down there. But I did get um, fantastic a really weird comment this week, and uh, we like to start the Abroad Japan podcast with story of the week. But this week, mm. uh, I've got comment of the week. Hate, I'm going to call it hate mail of the week, mm. which I don't get that often anymore. So it's it's always nice to to have one hate mail, um, and it was for the most really bizarre, weird thing. And I posted it on Twitter, and it kind of went viral which never happens on Twitter. I, whenever I do anything on Twitter, no one cares. I don't know why. Still waiting on my verification badge, which I believe you have, right? Have you got a verification badge? Blue uh, Yes, I believe I have, yes. Damn you. Mm, God's sake, upsetting. what have I got to do? Chris. I want one. <laughs> anyway, um, so in the last episode of Journey Across Japan, we ate the worst food in Japan, I called it, um, which was hornet larvae, the, the children of bees. Bee child, as Natsuki so mm. eloquently put it. Um, really quite disgusting, really unpleasant. 
Never want to have it again. Um, and Natsuki was, of course, physically sick while he was eating it in the episode. If you missed that, go back and watch it or don't. It's pretty unpleasant. But uh, I got a comment from someone who felt my lack of respect for hornet larvae was was dreadful and um, disrespectful to Japanese culture. And it reads, uh, this video was disrespectful for the people that made the bee larvae products. And people wonder... Why most Japanese people? Why most Japanese people don't like foreigners? Uh, a lot of countries in Asia eat insects and bugs. It's a shame. Given a chance uh, that you have to live in Japan, you do disrespectful things like this. Um, it shows that you that you respect Japan, but this one was a fail. This video, um, bit confusing there at the end. Don't know what it was on about. But apparently, I'm disrespectful to the people of Japan because I didn't show enough love for the hornet larvae, even though. A Japanese person, aka Natsuki, was physically sick in the video while eating it. It just felt a little <laughs> bit ridiculous and bizarre. And um, you find a lot of um, foreign folks often stand up for Japan in ways that just mm. aren't required, aren't necessary. What a really yeah. kind of weird and sad reason to get worked up over something. Um, <laughs> it's, but ridiculous I love, and amusing. I love that it's really piqued your anger, so to speak. Like, Angry. What you, cause it, because, it, because it's annoying because that bloke probably doesn't live uh, in Japan and clearly uh, doesn't live in Japan because he wouldn't be quite so defensive about it. Uh, the longer um, people from the West seem to live in Japan, the, the less the defensive they are, let's say, about Japan <laughs> because you just get used to the place, don't you? Uh, and you? And you have to put up with its foibles. But yeah, it, it's just one of those kind of like weebo blocks on the internet. It's going, Japan is the master race, best place in the world, most beautiful women, best food. <laughs> just dickheads, absolute dickheads. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's 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 quite annoying. And, um, well, what what I like about it is, is like, look, it, I, I we know a lot of places eat everything, eat all kinds of crazy stuff, right? To, to the Western, uh, very beige palate. Um, you got to understand, right? If you're, I mean, if you're gonna choose the hill to die on, criticizing someone who's eating some bee larvae, um, it, it's bee larvae, and also. Uh, you know, they bought it from a gift shop in a tube. That is not cuisine. No, there's no cuisine that comes out of a tube bought from a gift <laughs> shop. That's all I'm saying, all right? It's a joke food. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a joke food. And, I mean, the person that it's sold it to us in the video food. was like, yeah, this is awful, but good luck with that. Um, I don't know. I, I feel – I think the, the reason it pissed me off is uh, the phrase, it's a shame you're given a chance to live in Japan, but you do disrespectful things like this. I think mm. I – you know, I've often talked about how hate comments don't affect me, and they don't. I find them quite funny, and it's fun to – Exploit them in hate mail reading videos, Ooh, but I think it's this, this, this one has, hasn't it? This one's this one's caught you. The fury, guard. The sheer fury. <laughs> I just when people get worked like, up about <laughs> silly things like that, and I, you know, I, I don't think I'm disrespectful to Japan. I think I am pretty respectful. I've made 200 videos, largely praising the country. You know, I feel like it's a bit disingenuous, and that's why it triggered right, me. Look, I think. Get, find his address and i will push dog dirt through his letterbox sorry and while, while I'm do- <laughs> yeah while i'm doing it i'll i'll find uh the most uh unique and interesting uh classic japanese uh, uh cuisine i'm thinking the opai puddings that i bought from uh, akihabara uh gift shop uh it's just two boobs breast pudding. Uh, of like a liquid what? yeah it was like a yeah, like a breast pudding it was like um it was like in Akihabara in a crappy, stupid sort of shop, like a super potato kind of shop. Might have been, might have been the top floor 
Super Turtle, to be honest. But yeah, they, they had this little gift shop and uh, yeah, you, you could buy these two boobies um but they were like like a milky pudding like a tapioca pudding um oh and they they must have been there for like centuries um yeah the, the cuisine of japan some some shrink wrapped <laughs> tapioca pudding oh good lord hey i tell you what uh good to see uh ian uh in uh, the dr jelly uh, video uh you know how much i love ian i love his acting Your secret boyfriend his double yes. takes and stuff my cigar i love i love a bit of ian i miss him so much i miss him more than you chris and and, and that is uh, something you bastard. It's because he likes you. He listens to your football podcast. That's why. But no, it, was good to, uh, it was good to get Ian in there. You know, Ian is the yeah. secret genius behind Journey Across Japan, the architect of the, the success of both series. Yeah. And uh, mm. so it's good to put him in front of the camera, albeit briefly. Um, so mm. good old Ian. And uh, speaking of yeah. uh, speaking of football uh, football podcast, I very much enjoyed. There's a piece of music you use that uh, um, the Totally Football Show uses their main theme. Um, right. And what I like about it is because you don't listen to any football podcasts, you don't realise that that's the theme of, of a pretty popular po- football podcast. Uh, but whereas they've chosen that as their main theme, and obviously because it's library music, um, anyone can use it, and you've just come along and just. <laughs> Tossed it off in the middle of one of your episodes, <laughs> and you know what? Nobody's ever commented. Oh, you've used the really? the music from that podcast, yeah. Which shows well, you clearly not that popular. Then, eh? few. I exactly. <laughs> Either nobody listens to them, or people who yeah. like football don't watch abroad in Japan. And I suppose it's a combination <laughs> of the two. Um, yeah, but I think you know people steal i say steal the uh the soundtrack for a journey across japan right mm. that's a banger that's the banger. That's a banger but you can buy it for free i could buy, buy it for free or the like a 15 dollar subscription with epidemic mm. sound right you can just get it off there mm. i shouldn't have told everyone that shit it's gonna be everywhere oh, now already heard Carla finds their uh, library music we'll have to get involved <laughs> new rebrand football ramble oi, oi. Don't you dare use my song, though, Pete, or I'm coming for you. Hornet larvae in hand. Um, but do check out the video, guys. It's a good one. Um, it's a nice episode. It's a welcome mm. escape from all the scary stuff. And uh, no Two doubt there'll be lots of comments in saying, it's, Yeah, it's disrespectful for the people that made the log. Um, looking forward yeah, to those comments. Exactly. It's inevitable, <laughs> isn't it? Um, now, it would be the Abroad in Japan podcast without a week where we didn't discuss something involving bears, wolves, or just some sort of weird animal and uh, mm. this week a lot of you guys have been sending me uh, an article links to articles cnn the guardian i think new york times about a monster robot wolf in hokkaido what have you heard about the monster robot wolf pete have you heard about this creature of the night? Well, I've, I've, I've just seen the video of this kind of monstrosity built on a couple of old um kind of kind of Pipes. <laughs> it's just a pipes. weird pipey, pipey wolf. Right. <laughs> so, in um, obviously, there's a big problem with bears and monkeys and just all sorts of animals mm. in Japan raiding farms, particularly this time of year when bears are preparing to go into hibernation. They come out for a last ditch attempt to eat things and they sack farms, steal apples and rice. I don't, I don't think they take rice, but I don't even know what they steal off farms. But anyway, a Japanese town in Hokkaido, the town of Takikawa, has, has, prophylactics, uh, has created this monster robot wolf uh, to scare away bears. Um, and bear sightings are actually at a five-year high, mostly in rural areas in western and northern Japan, um, because people are uh, leaving the rural countryside behind. They're leaving the countryside. Population's going down. The bears are sort of 
taking over and uh, taking over these abandoned towns. And also, I think there's been a scarcity of food for bears. Um, there's been dozens of attacks so far in 2020. Two of them have been fatal, prompting the government to convene an emergency meeting last month to address the threat they pose. But this uh, town, Takikawa, has created a gigantic monster robot wolf uh, that looks... From a distance, it could look like a robot. From a distance, it could look like a real wolf, but it's got these red bloodshot eyes and it's mounted to some sort of, as Pete put it, some sort of pipes uh, on a pole, on a stick. It's a bit like a modern-day scarecrow, but much more frightening. And uh, they've sold, apparently they've sold 70 of these monster robot wolves uh, around the countryside. And um, it's got a shaggy body, four legs, a blonde mane, and... When something comes close to it, its motion detectors are activated, moving its head, flashing lights, and emitting 60 different sounds, ranging from wolfish howling to machinery noises. Um, there was actually Ooh. a real wolf in Japan, which we talked about last year, I think, uh, in central Japan and the Northern Islands before it was hunted to extinction. So it's kind of they resurrected this wolf from from centuries past. They brought the wolf back from the dead, but in robot form to scare away the bears. Uh, and apparently it's worked. Um, they said that uh, since using the wolf, the number of bears venturing closer into towns has gone down dramatically. So the robot wolf has worked. And if you want to go and look it well, up, look. just, <laughs> I mean, just I mean, type in Japanese they, they do say that, wolf. They do say that bears are it. scared of shitty scaffolding pole robots. <laughs> like that, That's the one <laughs> thing they're scared of. I mean, are you scared of the monster robot wolf? It is pretty creepy. <laughs> I'd like its eyes. Don't like its eyes. It's got these right, these red bloodshot cyborg like eyes. I mean, I <laughs> I fought on Robot Wars when I was eleven years old. British TV show mm. Robot Wars. My dad made a robot with a pickaxe on it, and this is far more terrifying than anything that I've seen on Robot Wars. Um, I'd love to go and see one in person. Monster <laughs> Robot Wolf. Get that on a, in a Braun Japan video. Is, is there like um, any variation in, in them? Are, like, are they different kind of colours or shapes or have they got different masks or are they just exactly the same every single time? That's what I want to know. I think they're exactly the same. But they do make 60 different sounds and I'd like to think a few of them are just Pete, from the Pete Donaldson soundboard on the Braun Japan website. <laughs> You're just shouting uh, off train stations. That's scary yeah. anyone. <laughs> it reminds me of the... Um, the old uh, monkey busters. Remember the monkey busters from a few months ago? The women with um, BB airsoft guns in the oh, countryside. That's right, taking out the monkeys because the monkeys. monkeys are encroaching on their uh, on their patch. Yeah, I d I, yeah. I, I mean, I do think this is all going to end up in a absolutely kick ass anime at some point. <laughs> I I don't. I mean, I don't know what I'd uh, rather confront or be confronted with: the monster robot wolf. Or the monkey mm. busters. What would you take your chances <laughs> with? A wolf with a gun. Both. Yeah. <laughs> a wolf with a gun. It's mm. the next level. Um, but yeah, go and check out the monster robot wolf. It's it's on every, for some reason, it's on every form of media this week. Um, the Guardian, <laughs> CNN, everyone felt the need. It must have been a slow week after the US elections. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> post about the well, monster I guess robot you kind wolf. of like, well, I guess you kind of you, you we, like we see this stuff because I mean you're resident in there, and obviously I, I follow a few like Rocket Newsy kind of places, and then these things like take a, like take a couple of weeks to kind of digest and disseminate in on Twitter and social media, and then it comes back round again, and and then it appears in the newspapers finally. It's interesting how like how long it takes mm. to come round again. Yeah, it's quite interesting. There's it. always a kind of a delay, isn't there, between 
things from the West being reported in Japan mm. and things in Japan being reported in the West. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go out, going to find the monster robot wolf. I'm thinking of doing um, another series of Journey Across Japan in Hokkaido next year. So mm. if that goes ahead, 100%, I'm going to go and film this. Um, How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wrestle Me is a show where two men watch every WrestleMania from 1 to 37, unpicking the multicolored threads that tie it all together. I think it's slightly something to do with the fact that Americans don't really like cell phones, do they? Right. I think they've all got basic ones, <laughs> basically. <laughs> That's a big shout. It is a big shout, but I mean, there is something funny about it, like text messaging never took off in the States. What? I'm, come on now. Never been big. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you're a lapsed fan or someone who doesn't give a flying laureate about it, there's something for everyone. Everyone. If you can get a crowd to boo you for kicking a fabulous ladder. Fabulous ladder. And the crowd are booing. Yeah. Get just, off that lovely ladder we've just learned about. It's a beautiful polysexual ladder. It's a, it's a beautiful Hernbeer shabby chic yeah. creation. If you climb up to it, ecstasy can be found at the top. <laughs> Listen via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your pods. Wrestle Me is a Stakano production. But for now, we turn our attention to the fax machine. What have we got this week in the fax machine, Mr. Dawson? Uh, we got a message from Arno from North Carolina in the US of A. Hello, hello, Chris and Pete. Love your work, Chris. I uh, take inspiration from it as I've been watching it for several years now. Uh, while I would love to ask Pete a question, this moment's question goes to Chris. Sorry. Uh, Chris, uh-huh. as an up-and-coming YouTuber, I've been having some trouble pinpointing a good new camera and or sound equipment for future videos. I do have an iPhone 11, a 10-year-old Canon camera, and a questionably good slash bad 
external microphone if that makes a difference. So for someone in my uh, situation, do you have any advice, recommendations, and or a story for attaining beginner-level film equipment? My budget uh, for now is $1,000 or less. Uh, that's a good amount of money, isn't it? Surely, uh, Chris, could you um, figure out a, a, a lens and, and, and body for that, so to speak? I think so. I think there's there's three things you need to launch any YouTube channel in a decent way. You need a good camera, a microphone, like a good microphone, and some lighting. Mm. And you can actually buy all of that for under $1,000. You can get a Sony ZV-1 camera, uh, the camera, the vlogging camera of choice for a lot of YouTubers these days. It only came out this year. It does like 4K, really nice quality little camera, great autofocus. Sony ZV-1, about $700. Twin that with a Rode shotgun mic, which costs $150. Um, so that's 850 and then finally just get a light like some sort of studio light or some sort of decent lighting because uh lighting is like half the battle when it comes to good video quality like there's an aperture mc light i think it's called it's quite a small light that's decent and diffuse as well there's a really good youtube video um that i often show folks who are starting out in the world of YouTube or filmmaking, it's called How to Make a $300 Camera Look Pro, and it's by Nigel Barros. And he basically shows how his outdated camera from like 10 years ago, um, he starts off the video using the camera with crap lighting, and it looks dreadful, and then he gradually, incrementally kind of introduces different lights and things. And by the end, it looks like a, t- a professional cinematic kind of TV setup, um, yeah. and he's always done his use some cheap lights. So, yeah, you could do a lot for under $1,000 these days. Um, mm. You should, there you go. You've got no excuses now, Pete. Spend that grand, <laughs> make it happen. Um, got one from Anna who says, Hello, Chris and Pete. My name is Anna from Mexico. Love the channel and podcast. It's been keeping me sane during this wreck of a year. Uh, I love seeing what amazing Japanese band names you guys come across. Um, so I was wondering if in a parallel universe, you and Pet, you and, <laughs> you and Pet, uh, Pet, oh dear, you and Pete were to be in a Japanese band with obviously Natsuki. Uh, what amazing name would you call yourselves? Can't wait to see what you come up with. Greetings and wish you all the best. Thanks for all the work you do, Anna. Um, we did come up with some great band names last week. Um, I can't remember what they were called. What were they called, Pete? Japanese band names. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd probably go for Oppai Pudding. Booby Pudding. What was it? Oppai Pudding? <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Oh, <laughs> and we did have Natsuki in the last episode of Journey Across Japan. He mentioned something like Spider Trash. Uh, mm. Jesus in the Spider Trash. So that'd be... He, he referred to... He thought Spider Webs were just called Spider Trash for some reason. The, the Trash of Spiders. So that gets my vote. Jesus in the Spider Trash. And mm. op it would be it. nice. It would be nice to sort of get to a point where um, it would be nice to uh, be in a band where I'm not the oldest member. Uh, I think at 39. I think that's a that's pretty sweet. Getting in, getting involved with Natsuki's band. <laughs> I think you are perfectly equidistant between Natsuki and I when it comes to age. Am I right? I oh right. Okay. How old's Natsuki? He's older Four. than you think, isn't he? He is. Yeah. He's 46 or seven. 47, I think. Mm. Six, seven, doesn't, yeah, sh- doesn't show it. Because when I met him, he doesn't show it. But uh, when I met him, I thought he was in his 20s. I met him when he was, I think, yeah. 38 or 39. And he looked about 25. And now he's 47 and he looks about 43. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't think the cigarettes have done him any favours. Or his no, dreadful, dreadful not. diet. <laughs> People call me out for my diet. Yeah. Wait till you see what Nats Because it's is. terrible. It's, 
<laughs> how dare you? It's worse than my... I'll, I'll, I think you're the only person in my life that has a worse diet than I have. <laughs> I feel bad now. Um, Nicholas, I'll hand that one over to you. Good All night. Right, uh, oh, that's rude, isn't it? Look, at how, look what Nicholas has said there. Hello, piss and Crete. <laughs> After watching uh, the latest Journey Across Japan episode and seeing the literal banquet Chris and Joy ate, I was wondering something. I'm not really into seafood. I know it's. Uh, I know that's not really great when you're travelling uh, through Japan. Uh, what would you recommend uh, a Rio? Uh, would you recommend a Rio Khan uh, dinner to someone like me anyway? And what do you do if you try something you don't like it? I just don't want to be disrespectful. Best wishes from Switzerland, Nicholas. Just don't be sick. Just don't be sick in your own lap. That's all we can ask for. <laughs> that's horrible. I um, you know what? If you look at the meal in that video, we didn't really have a lot of fish. Like it's all depends on the location we have the meal, right? So we had our dinner in uh, Gifu in Gedo, which means sick. Mm. It's not every day you stay in a hot spring town. Literally, <laughs> sounds like sick. But uh, <laughs> the um, the dinner involved uh, Hidawagyu, and uh, Hida is the kind of famous beef of the area. We had a little bit of fish, but a really small amount. And um, that's because it wasn't really anywhere near the sea. So my advice is choose a Nyokan where the main dish is kind of like a meat. And you can kind of see in advance mm. typically what that food is. Or just get one with a buffet, you know, and that's an easy way around that. Have you ever had yeah. any problems like that, Pete? I don't, have you stayed nah. in a Nyokan? Um, have I stayed in a Yeah, yeah, with you, didn't I? Yeah, the, when we were up in um, where you are now, Sakata. Oh, yeah. Did we stayed in a yeah, Ryokan yeah. there? That's, that's kind of like a Ryokan, isn't it? It is, yeah. I forgot about that. In a way, we did, I don't think we had the um, the swanky dinner though, did we? When we stayed at that, no, York no, Club. no. <laughs> Just the mayor that was too busy serving the mayor of St Petersburg. He was in town for some reason. Think about that, <laughs> Pete yeah. Donaldson and the mayor of St Petersburg in Yamagata on the same day in the same Neil come. That could have been a great meeting. Could have got on the podcast. Yeah, um, didn't say hello in the end. <laughs> we, did, we didn't get to say hello, did we? That's pretty sad. Yeah, Missed opportunity. Got, uh, got one last one here from Curtis. He says, hello, Chris and Pete, long-time listener and viewer, first-time fax sender. It's a recent episode. Uh, you guys were talking about the Journey Across Japan episode where you, Joey, and Natsuki tried the Hornet Larvae, or Bee Child. Uh, you mentioned how Natsuki's English was both proficient and fun, forming complete sentences and making more memorable lines for the soundboard. Well, I think we all overlook one part of Natsuki's English, which is how good his vocabulary really is. Um, as fun and somewhat odd as the things he says might be, there is no problem understanding Natsuki. Without his level of confidence and vocabulary, he'd probably not want to be featured on Abroad in Japan. I certainly wish I had the same vocabulary of English as Natsuki. Um, cheers to Natsuki's English. And the other topic I wanted to chime in was... Uh, regarding love hotels. It was brought up how two men uh, are not allowed to use love hotels in Japan. But what about two women? When I was in Japan for a study exchange, I knew a, f I knew a fellow female exchange classmate from Singapore that stayed in love hotel with her mother prior, <laughs> prior to starting classes. I don't remember the complete circumstances that led them to staying in a love hotel, but it was basically because one night they somehow found themselves without a place to stay the night. Uh, besides the hilarious thought of staying in a love hotel with her mother, there was no mention of any trouble with the hotel staff. What is Japan's view on lesbians? Cheers, Curtis from Calgary, uh, Canada. Um, there's a lot, lot to unpack in that that, that fax machine uh, message. Um, first off, Natsuki's English. Natsuki's vocabulary does continue to uh, astound and astonish me. Um, he, what was it he said in the last video that he was in? He said something like 
the monkeys were influenced by the coronavirus. I didn't know how we <laughs> yes. knew the word influence. Um, that that was quite impressive. Like, has he ever surprised you in your encounters, Pete? Your two or three um, encounters with him? Well, mainly just because of his love of, uh, like, the clash and stuff like that. Uh, his karaoke uh, manner oh, yeah. is uh, surprisingly un-Japanese in that he's not a very good singer, but, oh, he, he throws himself into it. Two feet. <laughs> he's not a bad singer. He's, he's all right. Um, <laughs> he's, he's leagues above me anyway. But, uh, yeah, he'll he'll surprise you. Like, he'll... His grammatical structure is pretty bad. Um, he just kind of throws out words and see what sticks, really, doesn't he? Um, but like, yeah, we'll be in conversation. He'll be like, just say a big word like consequences, and I'll be like, how the hell do you know that? <laughs> like, how do you know that word? Well, where's that come from? Um, but yeah, for the most part, when I when I lived in um, in Sakata and I used to spend my Thursdays with Natsuki, we uh, we did study English together. And then we did make some leaps uh, forward in his grammatical structure and his ability. And then I left town, he completely forgot it all, and he's just back to Natsuki now. Um, so his English is very sporadic, but interesting. Um, he called the refrigerator the cold box. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think we, knew, we, know, we all know what it is uh, yeah. to some extent. And as for the love hotels, yes, we talked uh, last week about how two men, like uh, couples, can't go in love hotels if you're uh, – guys but we didn't talk about women two women um and i'm actually not sure because I, I haven't had any experience in that field i know i went into a love hotel and tried to get in with my friend regan fellow uh guy and we were turned away about three or four times before we were able to get in but i'm not sure and in fact i don't think i know any uh i don't really know many folks in the lgbt community in japan um so that'd be quite interesting to find out um any thoughts mm. on that pete we talked about how much, well, how I, awful it was. I mean, as as a as a gay woman myself, of course I haven't got a bloody clue. <laughs> but do drop us an email for crying out loud. We are two white men going. Oh, it's, um, I probably we're probably not going to speculate on that one to be honest because I've got a bloody clue. <laughs> yeah, but if you are a Japanese lesbian, and I do, I do know we've had a, we have a few listeners. It would be interesting to hear experiences um, about that, yeah, um, and just to hear from the LGBT community in Japan in general because we don't hear from them enough. But uh, do send your stories, questions, comments in to a in Japan podcast at gmail dot com. We'll be back to do it all over again on Sunday. But for now, guys, enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you then. Have a good one. Cheers. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. 
From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com